0: Welcome to a new Carter Report series, The Game Changers. These rare individuals appear once in a lifetime, like a blazing meteor across the night sky. They change the course of history. They show us the way forward. Welcome to The Game Changers.
1: Welcome back. We're talking today about the game changers, and this is one of the greatest game changers in the history of the human race. His name is John the Baptist. Now we're picking up from where we left off. I'm going to turn now to Luke chapter one, verse sixteen and seventeen. I want the studio audience to look at the text. He will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before them. Now get this: in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers, to the children, the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So when he came, he came with the spirit and the power of Elijah. He was a special boy with a special mission. I believe that God calls each one of us to do something special. But this special little boy had a most extraordinary mission to tell the people that Christ was going to come. Now, when you get back to the story of his birth, Zechariah doesn't believe he's dumb, but the baby is born and Zechariah doesn't call him Zechariah as he wanted to. He calls his name John. And this little boy grows up not in this city (laughs) not of the bright lights, but in the desert. Look at Luke chapter 1, verse 76 and verse 80. Verse 76, you child will be called uh, the prophet of the highest, for you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways. So the child grew and became strong in spirit and was in the desert till the day of his manifestation to Israel. Now that's, sort of a throwaway verse. But that tells you that for about 30 years, John the Baptist, wasn't John the Baptist then, but John was out in the desert. Why? I was watching the Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston the other day. Love that movie. Did you know that Charlton Heston was actually born, this is truth, John Carter? Didn't know this? this? You go Google it. It's the truth. This is not a joke. He was born John Charles Carter. I'm John James Carter, but he's John. And then his mother remarried, and she married a Mr. Heston. And they called him not Charles, but Charlton. In this tremendous movie, there's a voiceover that says that Moses is driven by the Spirit of God into the desert. And the words are, He's driven into the dust from which he came. Moses is down in the desert, in the in the dirt, in the sand. Then the voiceover says, the metal refined uh, is ready for his maker. I've got something to tell you. It's pretty hard to tell people from Hollywood and from Los Angeles and from Sydney. If you want to be used by God, uh, you've got to go to the desert. If not physically, I recommend physically too, but go there spiritually where you can hear the voice of god you need to get away we need to get away from the city we need to forget our cell phones our iphones all the rest of this stuff our tablets need to forget all of this stuff we need to get away from our televisions did you know that people who are continually on these devices suffer a deterioration in their IQ. That is why we are becoming the dumbest race in the history of the world. It's true. The dumbest race. And that is why we find it so hard to study. Oh, can't understand that. That's why we have elections on sound bites. You know why? Because we can... Two or three words. That's what we can remember. Because the mind is being destroyed. I have a book called Desire of Ages. On page 103, it says, he looked upon the king and his beauty out on the desert. Self was forgotten. Go for a walk along the beach. He beheld the majesty of holiness and felt himself to be inefficient and unworthy. He was ready to go forth as heaven's messenger an order by the human because he had looked upon the divine he could stand erect and fearless in the presence of earthly monarchs because he had bowed low before the king of kings that's why god sent him into the desert elijah went into the desert moses into the desert He was not trained in earthly institutions. He was not trained in the theological seminary. God didn't want him to get his mind messed up by all the garbage of those days. He was not ordained by man, but by God. In my church, I seem to think we we put too much emphasis upon the ordination procedure. Our church has been almost split over ordination. There is something far more than the ordination of man and that is the ordination of God. You see? If you've got the ordination of God, you've got everything you need. One great man said, Christ, the Son of God, hath sent me all the widespread lands. Mine, the mighty ordination of the nail-pierced hands. Now, that's really the ordination that counts not all the pomp and the prestige and the ceremony. When he's around 30, just a young man, he's called to preach the word of God. Matthew 3, verses 1 and 2. Matthew 3, in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent for the kingdom is at hand. Uh, He was not a pastoral psychologist. He was uh, a preacher. And verse three says, verse three, his message was, turn from sin. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And when he went out, he had a message that was hot from the heart of of God he didn't mouth useless pious platitudes the voice of God his message was turn from sin repent of your sins and after he preached people couldn't sleep at night that's the mark of a good preacher Matthew 3 verses 4, 5 and 6 now John himself was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt round his waist and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem, all Judea and all the region around the Jordan went out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. People tell me God doesn't believe uh, in public evangelism. I would tell them God doesn't believe in their ideas. Because God believes it. And here is a man who was on fire for God. and when a man is on fire, people will come and watch him burn. There was a church once on fire, it's not in my notes, I'm telling people. A church was on fire, and people rushed to put out the fire nighttime. And the pastor saw an atheist there and he said, what are you doing at church? You don't, you don't even believe you're an atheist. He said, I'm here because it's the first time I've seen the church on fire. <laughs> and if the church were on fire, people would go to church. And people want to hear John because John was on fire. He came in fulfillment of Bible prophecy, a clear, loud, certain voice with divine authority. He reminded the people of Elijah. He preached with the Spirit of God. His words cut through the pretended piety of all the religious leaders with their robes. Look at Matthew 3, verse 7 and 8. Matthew 3, verse 7 and 8. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees, the leaders of the church, coming to his baptism, he said to them, brood of vipers. Goodness. Brood of vipers, you bunch of rattlesnakes. Brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Therefore bear fruits worthy of repentance, he said, all your talk counts for nothing. It is what you are. You see? We've got to do more than talk the talk. We've got to walk the talk. This man called for a radical change in the way people lived. That's what the gospel does. The gospel takes us just as we are, but the gospel doesn't leave us just as we are. The gospel brings about a radical change in the life or else it's phony. Matthew 3, verse 11. Matthew 3, verse 11. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance but he who is coming after me is mightier than I whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So he said, I'm only the voice. There's one coming. I'm not worthy to carry your sandals. The climax of John's life, what was it? it wasn't his death. It's recorded in Matthew 3 13 and 14. Matthew 3 13 and 14. When Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him saying, I need to be baptised by you. Are you coming to me? You know, Jesus just before this was up there in Galilee of the Gentiles. He was in a little town by the name of Nazareth. He was working as an honest carpenter. He made the best chairs. He made the best tables because he was the best person. And he heard about this firebrand uh, out in the wilderness, uh, and he's preaching his heart out. And he says, "Father, the hour has come." He goes down to the John, goes down to the Jordan. John helps him down the muddy banks, and he says, "I can't baptize you. You need to baptize me." Jesus says, "Do it to fulfill all righteousness." the greatest honor ever given to men, apart from the honor of being the mother of our Lord, to baptize Christ and present him to the world, the climax of his life. It'd be good if I could finish this talk today by telling you that John went on and did greater, greater, greater things. But from that time on, it was all downhill in the negative sense. The crowds fell away. There was a a new and a better preacher in town. He'd been the most popular person in the whole nation. People by the tens of thousands had come to hear him. Now the crowds fell away. And in John chapter 3 and verse 30, John said this, He must increase. I must decrease. This is the mark of greatness. Then came imprisonment, loneliness, and doubt. John was not without his faults. Very understandable. He's in this rotten prison. It's probably damp, musty. Nobody's come to save him. And he gets two of his disciples and they come to Jesus and they say, are you the one who is to come? Should we look for somebody else? And Jesus doesn't answer them. He just goes on healing people, feeding people, saving souls, preaching the gospel. When the long day comes to an end, he says, go tell John what you saw and say these words. Blessed is he who is not offended in me. And John, hears the message, and it's enough. What do you think of when you think of John? Solitude, the desert, powerful preaching, repent, giving glory to Jesus, great courage before Herod, a lonely death, no big funeral, no choir singing, but a place with Jesus in glory. So this life is not all there is. Our death is not the end. Here is a spear from the South Pacific. A very brave young man, Brian Dunn with his wife, fell, went out to the Solomons. He was a graduate of our great Sydney Adventist Hospital. He went as a John the Baptist to tell people of the coming of Christ. That part of the world is very precious to Australians because the Japanese were coming down to take over Australia. And the Australian Navy supported by the might of the great American Navy, met the Japanese. We lost a huge number of ships. We're always thankful to God for America. There would be no Australia if there had been no America. I say to modern-day Americans, listen up. You are... a great deal of gratitude to the United States of America. And Brian Dunn and his bride went out there to the Solomons, a medical missionary. He's healing people, he's preaching the gospel. This is just like it was. This is a replica. And a native controlled by evil spirit came and drove it through him. We did all we could, but nothing could be done for him. But Brian Dunn with John the Baptist will be with Christ in glory. Amen. Mm-hmm. And I want to say this to you. Listen to me. If you will come to Christ, not just talk, but in the heart, in here, if you come to Christ, and if you say, I am a sinner, Lord, and I ask you to come into my life, and I accept your death for my sins, Jesus will do just that and with John, and with Brian, and with God's people down through the ages, and with the dying thief, you will be with Christ in paradise. This is the word of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen Amen. and amen.
0: People risk their lives to be baptized in crock-infested waters. Hundreds break down the doors to hear the gospel, and thousands are baptized all over the world. Religious leaders and governments threaten to shut down any ministry. The Carter Report team is surrounded by security guards on missions throughout the world. These are the challenges and the miracles of the Carter Report, which remains an international gospel-driven ministry supported by fact and science, not blind faith. The Carter Report has been an inspired evangelistic ministry for over 50 years, reaching over 35 countries in over 22 languages around the world. Millions hear the gospel from the second largest satellite network in the world. Numerous radio stations broadcast the Carter Report with 24 hour programming, and it's accessible 24 7 on the internet. It's also available on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon, and YouTube. Offices are operating in India, Australia, and California. Many orphanages have been visited in Russia, India, El Salvador, and the Ukraine. Several schools are supported in multiple countries. And over 100 churches have been started around the world. The largest evangelistic event in Carter Report history is held in Papua New Guinea, reaching hundreds of thousands. In El Salvador, the soccer stadium is filled night after night to capacity. Communism falls, and what follows is the largest baptism in Ukraine and Russian history. Hundreds of thousands of Bibles are given away across the globe. Throughout this ministry, countless individual lives have been changed forever.
1: Thank you, Pastor Cata, for your program. It has changed my life completely. In 1992, I came to your meetings to, lis- to listen to English language spoken. That was the only reason. Now, what other message is there in the world that would work on Skid Row, and an opera house halfway around the world, John Carter preaches a plain, simple message about the grace of God. And because of Elder Carter, we've raised this center, and we've done it together. Yeah. and the hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people that have heard the gospel through the preaching of, of a man who is sold out to Jesus Christ. Solomon Islands, when you see 10,000 or more stand and come forward in response to a call, that is mind-blowing. And then you see them baptized in a crocodile-infested
0: river. It started in Avondale College, where a theology student met a young woman with a heart for medicine and helping others in need. What began with bringing the word throughout small Australian country towns grew to the largest secular meeting of non-religious persons ever assembled in Sydney, Australia. I have also been blessed with the opportunity of visiting orphanages in every city that we have worked in. I'm very thankful for the, for the help of friends here in the US and in Australia. Through your support, we've been able to buy clothes, food, school supplies, and medicines. We were able to obtain 24,000 pounds of medical supplies which was then flown into Kiev, the capital of Ukraine, by U.S. military Hercules plane. One thing has never changed over all this time, and that is to simply bring the good news of the gospel to all corners of the earth. Along the road, several important people have helped the Carter Report stay true to their mission. There are 10 truths that John Carter still believes in after 50 years of teaching.
1: Number one, it is better to please God than to please man. Number two, the truth is not for sale. Number three, human popularity is very fickle and should not be sought. Truth number four. With God, all things are possible. Number five, honor, duty, integrity, decency, and loyalty still matter in today's twisted society. Truth number six that I still believe we have the God given right. AND RESPONSIBILITY TO SERVE GOD AND TO THINK FOR OURSELVES GUIDED BY THE HOLY SPIRIT THIS IS THE HEART OF CHRISTIANITY AND THE SOUL OF AMERICA TRUTH NUMBER SEVEN THAT I BELIEVE STILL PEOPLE ARE MORE IMPORTANT THAN BIG ORGANIZATIONS OR LITTLE ORGANIZATIONS TRUTH NUMBER EIGHT THAT I STILL BELIEVE Family and uh, friends are precious gifts from God that are irreplaceable. Truth number nine, that I believe. There are more reasons now to believe in the creator than at any previous time in the history of the world. Number 10, the gospel is still the power of God for the salvation of all who believe. As I look back through the good times and the dark days, through the opposition, through the tears, through the threats upon my life, I say, wait for it. To God be the glory, great things he has done.
0: The most important number is the number one. People all over the world are hungry for the truth. They are breaking down the door to get in to hear the gospel. Will you hold the door open for them as they rush to enter the kingdom? The Carter Report is totally supported through the generosity of gifts from people like you. You are the one that makes a difference. Contact us by writing to the address on the screen or visiting the website. Thank you for your continued support. For a copy of today's program,